0: that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by law. conditions apply. website for details. Looking at our world from a theological perspective. This is the Theology Central podcast, making theology central. Well, I, I don't know if I say good afternoon or good evening. I mean, it's 5.57 p.m. Central Time here in Abilene, Texas. So when it's 5.57 p.m., is that technically still afternoon or is that technically evening? I mean, I think 6 p.m., you refer to that as evening, right? 5.57, that's still afternoon. So do I say Welcome, everyone. Good. Very, 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 very late afternoon, because now it's two minutes till six. I don't know. So I'm just going to say welcome, everyone. It is 5.58 p.m. Central Time on this Saturday, March the 25th, 2023. And I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studios located right here in Abilene, Texas. And I always debate myself. Debate with myself. Should I say Theology Central Studio or studios? I think I should say studio because there's only one studio, right? See, all of that very important stuff, right? All of that stuff that you should spend hours worrying about. Is it afternoon? Is it evening? Is it studio? Is it studios? How should I say it? Yes, all of that important stuff that really doesn't matter. What really does matter? Oh, transition. What really matters in preaching? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you another question. Not only what really matters in preaching, who should be the main character in the sermon? Oh, now we're getting somewhere. We're getting to the topic for this episode of the Theology Central Podcast. That Now we're really getting to the heart of the matter. So let me ask you, what should matter most in a sermon? Let's Let's start with a couple of questions today. What should matter most in a sermon, and who should be the main character? Now, before we dive into this topic, before I offer some reminders, let me give you the definition of the word narcissist. Narcissist. A narcissist is a person who has an excessive interest in or admiration of themselves. This is how the sentence they use. A narcissist who think think the world revolves around them. A, A narcissist is a person who has an excessive interest or an admiration of themselves. But I like it this way. A narcissist is someone who thinks the world revolves around them. I believe Christianity, at least here in the United States of America, is infected with narcissism. And I think this narcissism shows itself in small groups, in Sunday school, in Bible study, in devotional time, in preaching, and even in theology. I think many Christians, when it's small group, what is it about? It's about all of us. How do you feel? What do you think the text means? What does it mean to you? You, us, us, you, you, me, me, us, us, me, you, you. Now we say, no, no, no. It's not about about me as an individual. It's about us as a group. But it all becomes about us, our feelings, our emotions, what we think the text means. How, How does the text make you feel? What do you see in the text? It's very us focused. I don't think there's any way to deny that. Sunday school, same thing shows up. Sit in a semicircle, right? So what does the text mean to you? Hey, hey, Susan, what do you feel? Hey, hey, Robert, what do you think? It's all about us. It's all about us. It's about, and everything we read, it doesn't matter. It, we're reading uh, Esther, we're reading Ruth. Then the women are like, Are you a Ruth? Are you an Esther? And what whatever? Are you a Paul? It's all every every Bible character becomes somehow we we are studying a Bible character, but it becomes about us. It becomes about us. We're studying Jesus, but it comes about us. Everything is us, 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 us. It's really, we worship at the altar of us. We worship at the altar of self. Small groups, Bible study, preaching, preaching. The preacher either makes it about themselves or once again makes it about us, 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 us. It's an epidemic and theology So much of theology, even that, we're preaching sermons about salvation or we're preaching, whatever we're preaching sermons about, uh, uh, about a theological issue, the theology really once again becomes about us. How does it impact your life? How does it make you feel? What do you think about it? There is a narcissism that just infects all of Christianity. We make it all about us. Bible study becomes about how you feel. Your devotional time is about you, 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 you. What is God saying to you? How do you feel? What do you think? How it will benefit you? How it will make you better? All of it becomes about us. I think it's a problem. And in a roundabout way, as we're fast approaching the end of March, there, uh, over and over in, in March, we found ourselves kind of addressing this topic, especially over the last few days. We reviewed a sermon on John chapter 2, Jesus cleansing the temple. What did that person who was preaching that sermon do? They made it about themselves. And all of the good things they do and all of the ministries that they've been involved in and all the stories they have to tell. And it's about them now over and over or multiple times in the sermon They say, well, we give all credit to Jesus. But but yeah, you giving credit to Jesus, but it's all about you. We we dealt with the, the whole controversy around the new Lana Del Rey album and that four-and-a-half-minute sermon clip from Judah Smith where he says, I used to think I was preaching about you, but I realize I'm preaching to me, or I was preaching to you, but now I'm preaching to me. I can't remember the exact words. And we started talking about, so how do we understand that? But I've been raising this question that so much of preaching, so much of teaching, so much of Christianity is narcissistic. God is simply something we use so that we can think about ourselves, exalt ourselves, talk about ourselves, glorify ourselves, feel better about ourselves, look down on other people, condemn other people, and judge other people. And I think that it's a real, real problem. so we've we've discussed it now over and over and over and over again. so i I, I had no desire really to talk about it again this early evening, late afternoon. But I well, I I was, I think I was watching, I think I was watching hockey, and I picked up my iPad, and I saw an article entitled, and uh, this was published a couple of days ago. I don't know why I saw the article today, but I saw the article. Are you ready? Here we go. On being the main character in your own sermon, on being the main character in your own sermon on being the main character in your own sermon. Now, I haven't even read the article yet. I just, I saw that title and i was like, you know what? Let's just go straight to the studio. Let's turn on the microphone. I, who knows which direction the article is going to go, but I love doing that. I like that real-time, hey, instead of reading it alone, and, and let's read it online with everyone listening, right? Isn't that more fun? But I am hoping it's going to address this issue Of like, and so let me ask you again. What should the sermon really be about? What should be the focus of the sermon? What should be the main focus of the sermon? What are we really trying to accomplish in the sermon? And who should be the main character? What are we really trying to do? What should be the focus? So much of preaching is about us, 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 us. And the character becomes, the main character becomes us. What are we really trying to accomplish? Well, let's see what the article has to say. Here we go. On being the main character in your own sermon, if you've ever preached as much as a single sermon, if you've ever delivered as much as a single conference address, if you've ever led as much as a single Bible study, that I expect you know the temptation. I expect you have longed to make much of Jesus, but have also felt the desire to have people make much of you. I expect you have prayed that God would glorify himself through your words, but have also wished that those listening would glorify you at least a little bit. This is a familiar and dare I say universal temptation for those who teach, lead, and minister. Now, I, I think it's a temptation, not only that we want people to make much about us, not only do we want some of the glory, not only do we want some of the credit, not only do we want some of the praise, not only do we want some of the encouragement, which we do, But I think at times we make ourselves the main character of the sermon and how we preach and how we teach because it's all about us, 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 us. And I'm guilty of doing this so many times. And many times you're, and many times I think it's inadvertent. I don't even, sometimes I don't think it's, it happens in an, inadvertent. like in other words, you're not, you're not trying to do it on purpose. And let me explain. When you're, when you're preaching or teaching a, a topic or a subject, this is when it's inadvertently, this is when it happens in an inadvertent way. You're, you're not directly trying to do it. Let me explain. You're trying to preach or teach a subject. And then you, you realize, okay, I need an illustration. I need to try to drive this home. I need to try to make this practical. So you have to pull from something, right? So what are you going to pull from? You're going to pull from your experience. Where are you going to pull from? Things that you've known, things that's happened to you because that's what you know, right? Yeah, I mean, you could, you could try to get a book of great sermon illustrations. There are stories about other people, but in many cases, you pull from what you've done. But slowly, but surely, if you're not careful, you become the focus. Now, I think sometimes using yourself is a good thing because you can let people know, hey, yes, I've suffered too, or I've gone through pain, so I can understand what you're saying. I think that can be a good thing. Sometimes, though, it can be a negative thing. Sometimes it can be funny because you can tell a funny story that happened to you to serve as a good illustration. That can that can work. But if you're not careful, it's very subtle that all of a sudden you will become the focal point of the sermon. And once that happens, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Every preacher, Sunday school teachers, Small group leaders. It can be about you, 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 you. It can be about, about how great a parent you are, how great a husband you are, how great a friend you are, how great you are at this, how great at that, and how you witness to this person and this happening. And, and all of a sudden you become the center of, the center attraction. You become the star of the show. You become the main character in the narrative. So I think that it can happen in a, a way where no one's intending it to happen; it just happens in a sense by accident. And then I think there's a temptation where you don't you don't acknowledge that's what you're doing, but you're hoping someone will say something positive about what you're doing. And look, there's nothing and co- there's not not something inherently wrong with wanting some kind of approval and some kind of recognition for what you've done. Everyone wants that. Everyone wants that. Let's just be honest, right? When you do a job, you want your boss to say, you want to be recognized. So on one hand, I don't think it's wrong to want that, but you got to be careful and not creating a sermon in such a way so that you get that. Do you see the difference? Like when I'm done with a sermon, I want someone to say, that was good. Thank you. That helped me. That, I think it's okay to want that but it's another thing to craft the sermon in such a way that you know someone is going to say something about you. Who should be the main character in the sermon? Let's continue reading. Let's continue reading. Here we go. This is a temptation I have to battle every time I stand before a group of people, large or small, familiar or unfamiliar, far from home or in my local church is a temptation I battle as I study, as I prepare, as I preach, as I engage with people after all has been said and done. It's a battle I've yet to win and frankly doubt I will ever completely. Now I'm going to stop right here and say that in one hand, I, I do love the fact this person is acknowledging and admitting it, but I have to just point out the elephant in the room that I always get in trouble for pointing out. Look, When people go to conferences and you pay $40, $50, $100, $200 to get inside a room to hear someone preach the word of God, I'm sorry, I don't care what they preach, you've made them the star of the show. You've made it about them. They've turned the word of God into merchandise, and and you are paying either to hear the word of God preached or you're paying to see your favorite celebrity. So you've made it about them. And in many cases, you're paying money to get inside a church. To hear the word of God preach, which is the most, to me, blasphemous and horrific thing that I can think of. That you pay money to get inside a church because a conference is going on. That is ridiculous. That is ungodly. That is just, that's so wrong. But once again, who? what What are you trying to accomplish? What, what's the point of the sermon? The point of the sermon is to make the person more famous so they can sell more books. They can get more downloads. They can get more followers on Twitter. Who's the main character? Even if the sermon is about Jesus, it's really about them because people paid money not to see Jesus. And if you paid money to see Jesus, that's a problem. But you paid money to get your favorite celebrity. And then what do people do? Afterwards, they run up, they want a selfie with them. They want an autograph. They want to shake their hand. No, They're, they're not running to see Jesus. They're running to see their favorite preacher. So modern-day Christianity continues to push this concept. This person goes, yet I've made some headway, I think. So this person's been fighting this temptation. I've made some headway by committing this to prayer, not just on a sermon by sermon basis, but in the big picture, I pray for the humility to go unseen, unacknowledged and unremembered. So long as Christ is seen, acknowledged and remembered. In fact, I pray that Christ would be so present and so visible that people would fail to think of me at all. Now, here's what I find funny. Hey, I pray that I will be invisible, but I can go up here and go, oh, (laughs) Here's his picture and his name. (laughs) Hey, I want to be invisible, but I'm going to write an article about my struggle not to be the main character. And I'm going to put my picture and my name at the very top. I'm I'm going to, yeah, I mean, that is, and see, is it at the bottom as well? Oh, and at the bottom, it has about the author and another picture. So there's two pictures of the individual. They're named twice. Oh, and there's a bio bio of the individual. Give me, okay, come on now. Does not anyone see how ironic that is? You do realize you could have submitted this article. Well, well, I'm sorry. The entire, this this entire web page is, is named after the person. So you have a website with your last name as the web address. Okay, that is that is really making me laugh. That's making me laugh. Just so that you know, you could write an article about this, have it posted because this person is well known, and not give your name and just say anonymous. You, you know you can do that, right? Now, look, I have always been aware of this temptation. So here's some things I've done. He prays about it. Okay, great. We, we could talk, I mean, I'm not, nothing wrong with praying about it, but I, I here's the steps I took. Number one, on our church sign, right when they first made the first church sign, do not put my name on it. Second church sign, do not put my name on it. If we get a third church sign, because we definitely need a third one, we definitely need a new one, because ours is looking pretty rough, my name will still not be put on it. Okay, I do not give my name at the beginning or the end of my podcast. I do not put my name anywhere. Now I used to do that. I used to do that. I used to do that. But I know no more, no more of that, no more, 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 no more of that. Because then it becomes about you. Whether no matter how much you want, you no matter how much you don't want it to be about you, you become you become the star of the show. You become the product. That is being so, you're the person that's being merchandised. But I just find it funny that, hey, I try to make it not, like, let me, I just, if you see this on, on like, on your phone or on your iPad, you have to laugh. So let me read this paragraph again. I've made some headway by committing this to prayer, not just on a sermon by sermon basis, but in the big picture, I pray for humility to go unseen unacknowledged and unremembered so long as Christ is seen acknowledged and remembered. In fact, I pray that Christ would be so present and so visible that people would fail to think of me at all. <laughs> and yet the entire website is your lastname.com. Your picture is on this article at the beginning of the end. Your name is at the beginning of the end. And there's a bio about you. <laughs> okay. That, that, I, I find that funny. I find that funny. It goes, I have made, <laughs> that's just hilarious to me. I have made some headway by reminding myself of the goodness and sufficiency of scripture. If I had to stand before people and bring them some of my own wisdom, I might well despair and boast uh, and boast despair at the difficulty of the task and boast in any success I might have. But I really have nothing of value to bring nothing that can bless, challenge or strengthen people, except what God has already said. well, You could create a website where you're anonymous. You could, you could post, if you write books, you could write them under a pseudonym and and, and not, and use a pin name so no one knows exactly who you are. There's a lot of things you could do here. As I have made headway by pressing on, knowing that just as I will never preach a perfect sermon, deliver a perfect speech, neither will I ever be a perfect man preaching a sermon or a perfect man delivering a speech. I need to press on even if my heart is not fully pure and my desire is fully blameless. Well, amen. I agree there. Like Peter, I can sometimes only say, Lord, you know, I love you. You know, I want to honor you. You know, I want to be I want you to be the hero. And then I press on doing the best, asking God to forgive any shortcomings in my words, my desires, asking him to grant what I desire at my best uh, rather than at my worst. And then I prepare to fight the same fight and plead the same grace the next time. Now, I I love all of that, but like I said, then immediately you go down and, oh, wait, about his name. And then there's this picture at the very top. You have welcome to the online home of his first and last name. Oh, his his picture. And then literally the website is this person's last name It's just <laughs> the, the, the that is so ironic. It's it's not even funny. So let me ask you again. What are we trying to do in a sermon? What, what? Who really is the main character? Now, here's what I think we face. I think this is what every preacher faces when we preach. First, we preach. Let me state it this way. I think when it comes to the main character, there's only three options. Let me state it this way. There's only three options. There's only three options for the main character in the sermon, right? Number one, the main character in the sermon is the people. You make it all about them, all about them. Them, 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 them. You're preaching, no matter what you're preaching, you're going to make it about them, applicable to them. You need to do this, you need to do this, don't do this, do this. It's all about them. They really become the star of the show. You're preaching about Jesus cleansing the temple, but before long, all the sermon becomes about what these people need to do and it becomes about them 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 them. Secondly, so there's first option, you make it about the people, which is a common thing in most preaching. You do really tend to focus on the people uh, on the people. Number 2. I'm not saying you should never focus on the people, but they kind of become the main character in the sermon. You're preaching about Israel. Israel really gets replaced with the, the congregation, with the people. You're preaching about Joseph. Joseph gets replaced with the people. You're preaching about Jacob. Jacob gets, re- you're preaching about Abraham. It always becomes about us, 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 us. And I think there's, there's we just have to acknowledge that. So you either make the people the, the central character in the sermon, or number two, or number two. You make the preacher, you make yourself the central character in the narrative by using all of these illustrations, telling all of your personal stories. It's you, 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 you. So it's either the people or it's yourself. Those are the two things that seem to happen in preaching. It's the people, it's yourself. So it's all about us. Or three, the main character of the sermon is the text itself. Now, some people say, no, it should be about Jesus. I, 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 I don't like to say that because that's such a church answer. No, it should be about the text, whatever whatever the text is about. Now some people say, well, every text is about Jesus. That's ridiculous. Jesus, when because everyone's going to run to the text where uh, where he talks to the individuals and, and he starts in the Old Testament, uh, t- start in the Old Testament and shows them everything that testifies of him. But let's make sure. He, obviously, not every he, he didn't have time to go through every single verse. So he went through the Old Testament in those sections that are about him. Not every verse is about Jesus. No matter how many people claim that, that's just ridiculous. Not every verse is about Jesus. So what I think we have to do is make the text the star of the narrative. It's the text. It's the text. It's about the text. Here today, we're here to figure out the text. Now, while we're working through the text, we may... Find things that are applicable to us. We may find things that we need to think differently about. But the main thing is the text is the star of the show. So who is the sermon about? Who is the main character? It should be the text. Whatever that text is. Whatever that text is. It should be. I I've grab I've got, I've got a Bible right here. It should be this should be right here should be the text whatever that text is that's the story that's that gets all the attention that it's not about how practical it is not about the application it's about the text how can we make the text the main character how can we make it the main character? Well, focus on the actual text. Don't go, don't look in the text for oh wait 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 I can make this applicable here. Wait 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 I can make this applicable here. Stop looking for application points and just like let's observe the text and work. looking for all the issues the text brings up. Deal with every issue. Now, some point there will be times where it's very applicable and you can make it applicable. I'm not saying to neglect application. I'm saying application is so far down the list on priorities. It's observing the text. It's acknowledging what's actually in the text. It's asking the questions the text demands you to ask. It's working for those answers, whether they're quote-unquote interesting or, or relevant or not. You work on that. We've got to make the text. We've got to make the text the main character. We've got to make the text the star. Not the people, not the people, this is very important, not the people, I know I'm repeating myself, not the people and not the preacher. It's the text. We're we're irrelevant to it. We're irrelevant to it until we figure out what it has to say possibly to us. So we've made it so much about ourselves. This is where Christianity has gone now. Every text. It's a promise clearly to Israel. Christians are walking around claiming the promise for themselves. It's a text that has nothing to do with... uh, We we constantly are hijacking, hijacking these texts and making them about ourselves because we think everything is about us because we're all narcissists. So when it comes to my question of... Who should be the main character in the sermon? You've got three options, the people, the pastor, or the text. Make the text the main character. And then when it comes down to, like, I don't remember exactly how I asked the question, but what are we trying to accomplish in the sermon? What is the main point of the sermon? What are we doing? The main point is simply to see the text, understand the text, observe the text, and interpret the text correctly. Some say, well, the point of the text is to drive people to action. I disagree. The point of the text is transformation. I disagree. The point, uh, the point of the text is to understand the text. I find it funny that even in an article where he's like, hey, I want, I mean, let me read it again. Because it's, it's a beautiful paragraph. It's a beautiful paragraph that should mo- motivate all Christians to think this way. Let me read it again, because I love it. Here we go. I have made some headway by committing this to prayer, not just on a sermon-by-sermon basis, but in the big picture. And so it looks like the only steps, the main steps this person has taken is, is basically trying to pray about it. But I like, it's beautifully written. Listen, I pray for the humility to go unseen, unacknowledged, and unremembered. Go unseen, unacknowledged, and unremembered. Now, I think this fits perfectly with the biblical mandate that calls us to die to self, deny self, and no longer follow self, right? I love those three words. I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to put them down. I'm going to put them right down here in my journal. So you're just going to have to listen while I write, because I think these these are, I know I could do this afterwards, but I just want to write them right down. I want to write them right down. I want to write them down now, because I want you to write them down now, all right? So number one, unseen. Unseen, unacknowledged, unacknowledged, and unremembered. Unremembered. Unseen, unacknowledged, and unremembered. I think that's beautiful. I think that's beautiful. And so then what do we attempt to do in our life? We, we want Christ to be seen. We want Christ to be acknowledged. And we want Christ to be remembered. We want the opposite. See, for me, I want to be unseen. I want to be unacknowledged. I want to be unremembered. A lot of times people email me and going, I don't know who that person was talking on the podcast. Great. Because see, if I make it about me, I even tried to do this way back when I was on social media. I never used my name. Why would I use my name? Because I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted it to be about ideas. I wanted it to be about concept. I never wanted it to be about me. Way back on the early days of Sermon Audio, they, they almost demanded I have a picture of myself. And I, I fought and fought and fought and fought against it. And, and finally, like, well, to do this or do this, you have to have a picture of yourself. I'm like, for crying out loud, I, I never wanted it to be about me. I didn't want my name. I didn't want my name, but I had to put my name. I didn't want my, I didn't want any of that. I never wanted it to be about me. So now, with with the Theology Central podcast, I don't I I I I don't give my name. I don't say the host, that the host of, you know, here's more information about the host of it. The, the, the host of the Theology Central podcast. He went to this school, this school, this school, this school. He has a degree in theology, religious education, biblical studies. He has an associate degree in, in medical administration. He, he's a certified medical coder. I, I could go through all of my accomplishments, uh, this many years in the military, da, 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 da. I could go through all, but no, why? Then it becomes about me. And, and, and like I've, I've, I've said a million times, I will not have a funeral. There will be no funeral. I don't even want a headstone. I don't even want, I don't, even want, I don't, I don't want to be, I literally want to just die and never be remembered ever again. So I, I now, now listen, I don't say all those things. Listen, listen, listen. Because I'm more spiritual, I'm saying all of those, and I've, tr- I've tried to do all of those things. Not because I'm more spiritual, I've tried to do those things because I know what I de- what I really want deep down in my inside of me. Inside of me is I want to be known as man. He's the guy who does that podcast. Man, he is so good at doing that podcast. That podcast is amazing. That podcast is great. I want. I. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear. That I want to see that, oh, I have the number one podcast. I want that. That's what I want deep down. All the things I do to fight against that is not because I'm spiritual. It's because I'm not spiritual. It's because I know what's inside of me. But the church has a problem. In preaching, we either make it about the people, we make it about ourselves, or we make it about the text. And I think many people within all of Christendom has made it about us. We've made salvation about us. We've made Jesus dying on the cross about us. It's about a us, 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 us. So, who's the main character in the sermon? Should be the text. What is the purpose of the sermon? What is the goal of the sermon? The goal of the sermon is to correctly and accurately preach the text and interpret it based on what is said. It is to help people see what is said, see what is actually in the text, observation, and then lead them to a proper understanding of the text. It's not about how good it makes people feel, how great the presentation is. It, I, I, in fact, I've, I want it to be more raw, organic, and not so polished and, and produced. But, but Christianity is a celebrity-making machine. It picks the next celebrity preacher, and then boom, it promotes them. And then that, that preacher gets a platform. And then he, he, he now he gets paid money to go speak at a conference that other people pay money to get inside to hear someone preach the word of God. In many cases, their sermons, they hire an editor who takes their sermons, edit them, put them in a book and then publish a book that's really nothing more than their edited sermons and then they get viewed as an author and then they sell the book they sell their edited sermons for $15 or $20 or $10 or tw- and then then we've got situations where you know, if the if the christian celebrity is big enough then that get they, the publishing companies hire them a ghostwriter because see they got a name they can market now Who is the main character? Tomorrow, when you go to church, listen for who the main character is. Figure out what was the main purpose of that sermon? What was really trying to be accomplished in that sermon? And when you walk away, here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to think about when you leave church tomorrow. How well do you know the text? How well do you know the text? How well do you know the text? Or the, th- the point of theology that you're studying. Now, I fall short, I drive away over and over and over realizing I failed. So I, I, I do ad- admire this person's acknowledgement going, never going to preach the perfect sermon, never going to be the perfect person, never going to do this correctly. Neither am I. All right, I'll stop right there. That, that's why this week I told you about the book, Know Him a year of daily Bible readings on the character of God. And what I love about this devotional, and I keep mentioning it because there's no words of men. It's a devotional where there's literally nothing written by an author. It's just scripture. It's, it's, I'm still kind of, I love that in certain ways. All right. I don't know. You may you may have a disagreement here. I'm sorry I'm hitting the microphone. You may you may disagree a little bit here. And and let me make it very clear. We all, not just the pastor, not just the Sunday school teacher, not just the small group leader, we should all in a sense from a Christian perspective seek to be unseen, unacknowledged and unremembered because we're to die to self, deny self and no longer follow self. But at the same time, please don't let that lead. At the same time, though, people do need encouragement. So how do we find this balance? On one hand, we want to lead to this, but I think we can also encourage one another too. So where does encouragement come into play? Well, as long as I think the pastor's job is not to make it about them, but I think the people's job is to, is to offer encouragement and we have to offer encouragement to people. So it's, it's like, how do we find that balance? I don't know if I've got that figured out right now, but for now, I just want us to focus on who is the main character in the sermon? The people, the pastor, or the text? You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. All right, I'm going to find some food, and we'll probably be back sometime later this evening. And hopefully we can do something that would be beneficial to you and to me, but lead us to a greater understanding of the text and who God is, right? Like, how do we even figure that out in a podcast episode? Yeah. Lots of things to consider there. There's got to be a balance. I'm not saying I've presented maybe the most balanced perspective here, but at least to get us started thinking about it since we've kind of been following this topic for, it feels like a couple of weeks is what it feels like, but you can tell me what you think, News, if at yahoo.com. All right, thanks for listening. Everyone have a great Saturday evening, and hopefully I'll be back at some point tonight to do some more broadcasting. God bless.